but nothing serious. serious with Gary and Natasha. Natasha, what up? What's going on, Gary? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm under the whole thing that's going on, but I'm doing well. How about you? I'm I'm overwhelmed. Like, yeah. you know, this is episode 44, Politics as Usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll probably start off as one of our more serious episodes, just given, you know, the, the heightened climate. nature mm-hmm. of yeah, the world we're in right now. Like, how are you coping? Yeah, it's um, it's crazy because I, I like we're, we're talking like everything's going on with the protests and the riots and the George Floyd situation. Like I haven't watched the news. I didn't watch the video yet. Um, I I I watched. I saw a clip today by accident on um online. Um, I actually turned the news on for the first time today, and it was at the same time it was like live. His brother getting to the memorial site. And I fucking oh. and I broke down crying. I was like, yeah. it was like it was so sad because I was sitting there thinking like, shit, why do I, why am I thinking right now of how am I going to explain to my son how to maneuver in the world because of the color of his skin? Yep. Yeah. And it sucks. It really, really sucks. It, it does suck. Um, I'll tell you one thing that I have found to be totally unexpected, but it's just so beautiful is the, the unification of it all. Like I normally, when I, something happens to black people, I don't see as much outrage and outcry and unity yeah. from, you know, our white counterparts. You may be, you may see some, yeah. but so when everything, you don't see a lot, but when this whole situation initially broke out with George Floyd and the protest came about, I literally probably saw an equal amount of non-minorities as I did minorities, and that blew my mind. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm seeing a lot more, like even the white celebrities, um, uh, people like my like my my friends who are white, or they're posting things, mm-hmm. um, like those little things. It, it, it's weird, but it, it feels good that, 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 all right, you're here with us. You're standing by us. But, and like, um, the breakfast club today, they did a interview with Rush Limbaugh mm-hmm. to talk. It was just to talk about the situations going on and how can we fix it? But mm-hmm. that would have never happened. All right. Before it did. Well, it, did, it didn't happen for like Trayvon Martin, um, Eric Garner, Eric, Eric Garner yeah, yep. everybody else. So it's um, it, it's it's. I, I'm not sure if that everybody's in the quarantine and everybody's online more, and they actually seeing it. That's that's making people like stand up and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think that's a big component of it. The quarantine. I feel yeah. like a lot of. I feel like. It's kind of loaded because a lot of the protests do seem to come from a place of genuineness. But I think a lot of people just 
tired of being in the house. They're tired of everything going on with the quarantine. They're tired of the uncertainty. And especially with like a lot of the looting, I feel like this was a way to just kind of release a lot of all that pent up frustration of, you know, the world that we live in now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like I'm all for the protesting, but the looting, that's the thing that that's getting me to like, you're destroying your own neighborhoods. Like, but they're they're destroying the other neighborhoods too. Yeah, yeah, they are, they are. But like, like in Philly, like people are sending pictures of like the corner store being broken into, or the Wawa's being broken into. I'm like, this is not even where the protest is going on. <laughs> like, yeah, you're you're just going in there breaking shit just to break shit because it's a curfew now and nobody's out. So now you're thieving. But as someone said that um, it will be a protest and not a robbery. And then they said back, it will be an arrest and not a murder. So yep. I guess it's, it's, it plays its parts, but I, I just think that what's going on is putting a, whole, a, a big magnifying glass on the racism and the police in this country. Because me, myself, I'm, I'm light-skinned, but I've been stopped several times. I've been in a car as a passenger in the back seat and been carded by the cops just to see who I am. I've been in the cases where I fit the description several times, one of which was a rape charge. They were trying to say I raped somebody. Because mm-hmm. they said I fit a description, which I didn't even fit the description. But I mean, that's bullshit me. anyway. What the fuck is fit the description? Like, I, yeah. I don't even like that. No, but it's, it's, it's crazy to think these things like, when I when I like in my car, when I um get in the car, my license, registration, and um and insurance card are all in the sunglass thing. Mm-hmm. Just so I don't have to reach into the gug apartment if I get pulled over. Yep. And I didn't even think about doing that because I was black. I was thinking about doing that so the cop won't shoot me, probably because I'm black. But mm-hmm. other people don't like other races don't worry about that type of stuff. Or don't have to. That's but yeah, true. we we do on a whole other level. And people don't like I I hear I still hear even you know with what's going on, like people complaining that we say white privilege. People don't realize that them not having to do those things and be conscious of those things is a fucking privilege yeah, that like, we don't have. I pri- mean, it's a privilege that you don't have to talk to your kids about how to talk to cops. 100%. Like, and to the point that you are making, I mean, yeah, you are a light skinned male. I am like a dark skinned black woman, but I've had like experiences as well. I don't even know if I told you. That's why I'm like, yeah, like break all the fucking windows out of APD's windshield <laughs> <laughs> off their cars. I It was a couple summers ago. I was getting ready to go to Europe uh, for vacation. And we had like two vacations within the vacation. I think that's when we were going to Budapest and um, a couple other places. And so I was Ubering, lifting to make some extra spending money. I fucking... Um, it was a huge game. It was a championship football game. And I um, was driving when I was on the white side of town. Like, mm-hmm. and mind you, I mean, I'm downtown because this is where the money is. I'm downtown Atlanta. Um, I'm driving around all over by the football game, all on the white side of town. I don't get stopped overnight one time. 
The second I crossed over to the black side of town, I was by the baseball stadium. I pulled mm-hmm. into um, a hotel parking lot because I just picked up a passenger and we were picking up his boyfriend or friend or whatever. I literally lied to you not. As soon as I pulled into that parking lot, I had six, seven police cars pull in they pull in and you know i'm getting ready to like because the way that you turn into this parking lot it's tight so Mm -hmm. you have to like pull in and then reverse and then that way you can pull into like the front of the door i literally had was getting ready like the vehicle is in reverse when they just like approached me guns drawn oh wow yeah like guns drawn and I'm like uh, got my hands up I'm like what the what the fuck like I got my hands up and they're like get out of the car and I'm like can I put the car in reverse they're like get out of the car and I'm like can I put the car in reverse like they're like slowly and I'm like okay so I literally put the car in reverse I get out of the car okay they handcuff me now mind you it is seven um six police cars seven officers they put me I don't remember if it was cuffs or the zip ties they put me in the back of the police car and they asked like they're just you know, um, they they read me my rights and they're like, um, no, 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 I'm asking them what is going on. Why did you pull me over? What the fuck is going on? And they're like, before we can answer, ask you any questions, we have to um, Mirandize you, right? So I'm like, okay, you can do that because I need to know what is going on. So this little cop, rookie cop, he doesn't even know the Miranda rights. He has to pull the card out of his pocket and read it (laughs) off the card. And then I'm like, okay, can you tell me what is going on? And he's like, well, your license plate came back that this vehicle is stolen. And I just started laughing. And he's like, you think that's funny? And I'm like, dude, you know how fucking long I've owned this car? <laughs> yes, that's funny. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, well, do you mind if we search the vehicle? And I'm like, no, I don't mind at all. And I said, and be forewarned that my, you know, I have a weapon in my driver's side door. And, you know, if you let me give it to you, I'll give you my license carry. Um, and they're like, okay. So they don't even really search my car. They don't take out my my gun to run the serial numbers. They just like rummage and that's it. Then they come back and they're like, okay, well, your license plate is coming back to a red Toyota Camry. And I'm like, well, that's clearly a burgundy SUV. So, you know, by this time, I'm kind of really being a bitch about it because yeah. you have Mirandized me, you have me in custody in the back of the car telling me this car I've owned for like four years is stolen. And um, so ultimately, they like, we're going to run the VIN. And I'm like, do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, and who is in charge out here? And like, so they come back and they're like, okay, well, well it, it's a glitch in the system. Wow. And I asked them, I said, and I'm sorry for taking up so much time with this story, but I asked them, how, what glitches in the system that brings back my license plate? It's registered to Georgia. I've owned this vehicle for however long. What glitches in your system that brings this vehicle up as a red Toyota? And what type of training do you guys have that you didn't see that this is not a red Toyota before you decided to pull me over with seven police officers, guns drawn? Mind you, for a police car, for for I me, mean, for for a car that's stolen, potentially, for, yeah. like it, it was ridiculous. And so, 
I'm going to tell you the worst part. The Like, again, this is APD. Not, none of these cops are black. None of these cops are black. They're all white, white and Asian. So they finally release me and they're like, you can go. And I'm like, okay. Now, I am terrified because I've like never had a gun drawn on me. Like I am mm-hmm. fucking terrified. And I'm walking back to my car. And like I told you, they never touched my gun. They didn't do anything. I'm walking back to my car and they are laughing and joking and telling the two rookies, the white guy, the little young white guy and the white, mm. the little Asian guy. Good job. Good job, guys. And I'm like, I turn to them and I'm like, really, what the fuck? And then so they just laugh it off and walk away. And then as I was leaving, you know, my passenger got back in the car and then his friend got in the car and there was only one cop that told me, I'm sorry. It was literally wow. a and training exercise. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was a training exercise and that's wow. They they could have messed your money up. So they you could have reported back to Uber or Lyft and they could have killed me. Yep. Like it's, it's, it's they think why it's, didn't it's, they do yeah. that training exercise on the white side of town? Because yeah. like I said, if my vehicle was reported stolen, I was downtown, downtown Atlanta is a, a corner. I mean, it's a camera on every fucking corner. Yep. You would have saw me right by the stadium. If like my vehicle was actually stolen, you would have stopped me then. Yep. But instead you wait until I cross over to the black side of town and put me was definitely a training exercise. But I'll tell you because I'm not the motherfucking one. I got in touch with my attorney, told him what happened. He wrote a request to the hotel that I had picked the guy up from to get a copy of the video surveillance, got the video surveillance. I sent a copy over to the precinct, um, to a couple of chiefs. I sent it to a couple of different precincts, a couple of different chiefs. I sent it to the mayor and I demanded, like, I didn't want money or anything. I just wanted them to be reprimanded and I wanted them to know what the fuck happened to me in the city of Atlanta. And I got back this super long letter apologizing and, you know, telling me like they're going to be rep. Mind you, I don't know that they were because I didn't actually follow up on it. But I definitely wanted them to know that it wasn't a situation where you can do shit like that and, you know, yeah. someone not be told about it. Yeah, that's like with those kids that were just pulled out the car and tased from Morehouse and Spellman. That was crazy, not right? Curfew. Yeah, like, I, I watched that video from every angle. Like, you're approaching these vehicles with guns drawn, military outfits, you're, 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 you're popping their tires with knives. I'm not getting the fuck out the car. Right. I'm not going to be the next hashtag. Fuck that. At all. What about the dude who's telling them to shot, stop shooting tear gas because his pregnant wife it's is pregnant in the car? Friend, yeah. And I, I, just, I just saw a video before this of this little 13-year-old getting shot in the head with a um, rubber bullet by a cop. He was just standing there. He just shot him. Like, the times right now are crazy. I, I think we definitely are seeing... Okay. I think we're definitely seeing people for who they are. Mm-hmm. But I think that in light of all of this, where people are really seeing shit that has to change with the police. Yeah. Because like, you see, did you see that shit that Trump just pulled? What? With the military? So he, um, so people was protesting out front of the white house peacefully, not doing nothing, peacefully protesting. Mm-hmm. He brought the army, well, with national guards and had them start throwing tear gas at him. 
to back them up so he could walk across the street, walk across the yard and everything. He walked across the street to the um to the church right across the street, holding a Bible in his hand and holding it up and taking pictures. Oh my gosh. Just to show his dominance. Like he he wants to run he wants to be just to be North Korea so bad. Where we're where we're scared of them. And the thing about it is we're not scared of them and that's the thing that he doesn't understand. He's going to cause a rebellion that that they don't want to have. That's exactly what's happening now with the looting. That's why yeah. I can't say that I'm against it. Mind yeah. you, I wish they would stop burning, you know, their own neighborhoods. I don't at that point. It's just ridiculous. But I also know that that's not entirely just the the citizens of that yeah, community you know they got the implants too. right yeah. you know the different militia groups that are coming in and doing that but like the big businesses like and i'll tell you like mark jacobs where he's like fuck it the yeah. ceo of target where he's like you know i stand with the black community like fuck target i can build another store and replace all that merchandise like the only one i don't fuck big. with is the nfl that was some bullshit. Roger Goddard 100%. 100%. I had a conversation with fucking Easy Breezy Bay about that. Mm-hmm. I said, you do realize, you do realize that you motherfuckers, and I said, and I hate to say it, but you fall into the category because you got the same fucking skin color. I said, this, where everybody is now, oh my gosh, you know, hashtag George Floyd, hashtag hashtag BLM, hashtag, you know, whatever. Like, this is literally what he peacefully protested against. And all you motherfuckers wanted to just blackball him and kick him out of the NFL. And now you want to side with what his movement was from then. And I haven't seen that one person say, all right, Cap, we were wrong. You were right. We should have stood behind you then like we're trying to now. Yep. Like, I, I really just, you know, I shouldn't have done that because he didn't have anything to do with it, but still. <laughs> yeah, that whole situation is crazy. This was like, crazy. I'm hoping that some, like, they need to arrest the other three officers, like, now. I'm not sure why they haven't yet. <laughs> third degree murder. I, I listened to this thing earlier today saying the body did third degree murder and not first degree because mm-hmm. it's the meaning of first degree murder in Minneapolis. And if mm-hmm. you do first degree murder and they don't, they can't do it without a reasonable doubt, mm-hmm. then they don't you can't get, try them. They can't try them. Right. Can't try them from anything. So third else. degree murder. Yeah. So third degree murder will be the best bet for right now. Yep. And um, then they can always increase the charges. Yep. And I think that video, honestly, a couple things, his autopsy, excuse me, autopsy coming back with, you know, asphyxiation being the cause of death mm-hmm. plus that one video that shows how they were like had him handcuffed and you know Derek was beating him in the back of the police car before yeah. they put him on the ground I think all of that is definitely gonna lend itself to a conviction of the other police officers because they saw that shit and they didn't do anything and all so, this for $20 I pray like with my entire heart that change comes from this and I have to say and I honestly truly have to say that because of the response this time around I think there will be some changes yeah I really hope it does I really really hope it does I hope that my son is going to have to worry about it because you still got them racist people that's going to teach their kids the wrong saying that blacks are this this and this um 
And it's a great episode of Joe Rogan. I don't remember the guy's name, but he's a black guy who infiltrated the KKK. And oh, turned, that movie was good. Did and, you see that and, movie about it? <laughs> yeah, no, no this, this is a different guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, this guy actually, um, he turned um, racist to non-racist. Oh, Several, like, like hundreds of them, like like, and they gave him their like robes and stuff like that as them stepping down. Oh, uh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you with this movement now, though, like the celebrity backing, I I feel. I don't 100% feel that that's genuine unless it's some shit that they were doing before this particular movement. I feel like everybody's kind of bandwagging it, like with the celebrities, a lot of people just on the bandwagon and I don't, you know, really appreciate that. But just the everyday people, I'll tell you one of the most two touching things. Um, One of the managers at my company is Mormon and she constantly preaches to her Sunday school, like the just idiocracies, the the fallacies, the the racism that is in the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. She does that all the time, and she put this long post. I didn't see it because I'm like I don't know. I'm never on Facebook, but she put this long post on Facebook explaining to her people who follow her about white privilege and the importance of what's going on right now. And then like whenever they would comment and say something, you know ignorant because they don't know any better mm-hmm. she would just take the time and just educate them it was such a beautiful thing to see yeah. and then i also saw the post of the um i don't think they're amish the mennonites because mm-hmm. you know that particular community like you know they're not amish so they can have cell phones and shit like that but you know it's still moderated but they do not get involved with government politics their their group is literally turn the other cheek that's what they live by they're the type of group that if you make fun of them they will literally just pray for you and just say you know god will handle it because you know they still dress like in the pilgrimage type of attire they are literally like turn the other cheek type of people but when Mm -hmm. i saw that picture of them peacefully protesting that was heartwarming. Yeah. That's literally like the reach that this particular movement. I was is like. wondering if they were Amish because I'm like, how did they even hear about this? <laughs> right. <laughs> like me and Stephanie were sitting there like, yo, how did they even hear? But I said, they can't have radios. I don't know if they have radio. They might get newspapers. That's always a day late day. But <laughs> I was sitting there confused. I was too at first, but they're not. I think they are actually Mennonites, which is, you know, probably some type of channel from Amish, but not quite Amish with no technology, no TV, no radios, no phones. So, but they're still like very private. Like when you Mm -hmm. think about it, you don't see them very often. I mean, I see them every week because they live not, they live down the street from so me. If I was, if I was and they I always would. like walk on Saturday. Yeah, you would. Yeah. I yeah. don't really see it so much in Atlanta, but maybe because I didn't live in that area. But where I am out here, like I see them walking all the time and they have on like the, the you know, their attire. And I just feel like, man, there's 112 degrees out here. Like <laughs> God would be okay with you wearing some shorts. Like it's, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> like I promise because she's going to just croak. Because yeah. they literally will go walking. Like you can't walk out here in 112, no. 115 degrees, but they black. do it. Yep. 
or long skirts with the head coverings and stockings. And I'm just like, man, I hope you put on a lot of deodorant because <laughs> you're just going to be sweating like shit. But anyway, on a much lighter note, but yes. super informative, we had an interview. Yep. And her name is Car- Carla Willer. She's of the um, Shit I'm 30 podcast. And she's a podcast coach where she gives advice to new up-and-coming podcasts as well as existing podcasts on how to get your numbers up, how to monetize, stuff like that from from, from your podcast. It was very... Um, we got a lot of information out of it. Um, Natasha had to miss it, unfortunately. But I did have a surprise um, replacement. <laughs> the, the shade. <laughs> surprise, but, um, a surprise co-host and replacement. Yeah, Temporary. We, <laughs> we had to. Um, we, we 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 touched on her dating life. Um, touched on her dating life now during the quarantine previously, and some other information on like podcasting as well. But it's, um, stay tuned. It's a great episode. Um, but as always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dating But Nothing Serious with Gary and Natasha. Natasha and Gary signing off. Ciao, ciao. Hello, everyone. We have a special guest today. Actually, two special guests. Um, we have in place for Natasha, we have my girlfriend, Stephanie. First time on air. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> and then we have our special guests, very special guests from... Shit, I'm 30 podcast, and she's a podcast coach, Carla William Maris. Will Maris. Will Will Maris. Will Maris. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hello, hello. So how are you holding up during this quarantine? I'm doing great. I've been busier than I've ever been. It's definitely a blessing. That's good. That's good. Busy with podcasting or busy with things? Busy with podcasting, busy with the academy, busy at home, busy cooking so damn much. I'm tired of it. <laughs> um, busy getting fat. So all of it put together. Yeah, yeah. Especially the getting fat part because eating nonstop <laughs> in quarantine. The world opened up. Summer's here and I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, Florida opened up up here. In I feel like they're yeah. about to try to open everything up. We're, yeah, we're, 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 we're supposed to open up Monday. Where are you at? I'm in Delaware. In Delaware, yeah. I mean, Florida never really closed. Yeah. Uh, we had a little bit of a close. Like, we had to pretend. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like open, open now. And I wasn't ready. Okay. Have you been going out, like, to the beaches and everything? No, not the beach, but I have, I live on the lake, so we're on the lake often, and That's not nice. out out. But I know yeah. a lot of people I know have been out bar hopping. But I've I've been quarantining before it was a quarantine thing. So since 2018, okay. I'm a, I've been a homebody and I've been working from home. Okay, okay, yeah. So working home is new for us too. We've been working home together since the beginning of the quarantine. Nice. I've been with my boyfriend since the beginning of the quarantine as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Big how change you, for us. How long have you been with your boyfriend? It'll be a year on Monday. Year on Monday. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Let's see if we make it. We have two more days. <laughs> I heard y'all on the Brilliant Idiots recently. Yes. That was us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. A lot of people heard all of that. That wasn't planned at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did y'all meet? Um, we met back in 2018, September of 2018. I was a started podcasting and I was an accountant at the time. And I, my dream was to somehow 
work or watch work or be mentored by Charlemagne. That's someone that I had watched for years and I needed to figure out how to get there. So I have been sending DMs and emails for years. And of course, somebody who's so busy and it's just like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to stop trying. Mm. So I have an episode on this. It was September of 2018. I saw that he was going to be at a conference in Atlanta. I'm from Orlando. So I asked for, for PTO for time off. I said, I needed that day off. And I booked a flight to Atlanta, leaving that morning and coming back that evening. And I got there really early, tried to find out like who worked there, befriend them. And I knew that in order to get to the person that I needed, I needed to get through his, to his security first. And I knew what he looked like. I didn't know him. Okay. So I'm like, if I find this big black guy, you know, like I know Charlamagne is so more close. So when I found him, it was, the story is long, but I finally got to him. I saw him. I spoke to him. I begged him to let me talk to Charlamagne for two seconds after I got to know him a little bit. I, like talked to him for like five minutes. Probably felt like hours, but it was probably five minutes. Um, <laughs> Charlamagne came out of a, a room. I was like, hey, please talk to him for like 30 seconds. And he looked at me like, you crazy bitch for what? And I'm like, I just, I just need to talk to him. So he's like, you haven't said I finished my eggs. Hurry up. And he was literally like scarfing down some eggs. And um, I don't remember much of what I said to him. Um, it was all along the lines of, I want you to mentor me. I want to be around in, your, in the rooms. I want to watch what you're doing. And he said to me, okay, give me your phone number. Like I, or let me give you my phone number. Here's my email. Let me know when you're around. Cause I wasn't in New York. So that catapulted me into being in two different rooms and being around and him and I became friends through it all. So whenever I was going somewhere, it was like, he's the security of the place. So I need to make sure that I can get in. And if Charlamagne said, come to this, then I would go to that. And we just became friends. And we would talk way more often than I thought that we did. And from the friendship came that I moved to New York for three months. And in those three months, it just we accidentally had sex. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> okay. That's a pretty cool story. Because like my, I started the podcast because of Brilliant Idiots and Charlamagne. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of Charlemagne. But you took it to a whole nother step by flying out to Atlanta and everything. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, am I going to do what everyone does? Like, I have, I've gotten to a point in my life now where I get a lot of emails and I know the people that I want to get in those rooms, they get emails, they get DMs, they get phone calls. People wait outside the station all the time. What are you going to do different? How are you going to get their attention? Mm -hmm. I could have just went to the conference and waited yep. until after the conference, but no, because I know that when you go to a conference, once you're done, most people, especially of that caliber, they just leave. Yeah. You know, they go out the back door. They don't go out the front door. So it's like, I have to find them early. I need to befriend the people running this conference. I need to know, can I get a VIP thing somehow so I can get to those areas? You know, how can I get this done? So the conference simply started at nine. I was there at 7 a.m. Wow. And by that time, everyone that worked there knew who I was. So what are you going to do different nice. to, to get different results from everybody else? Because if anybody had access to these people, if anybody had the type of talent that you have, then everybody would make it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty cool story. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. So your podcast is Shit, I'm 30. And, what's, I'm the 30, yes. and what's the premise of that? So my podcast started, uh, my father had just passed away. Uh, right before I turned tur turned 30 sorry, and I was just going through a lot. Me and my dad were best friends. Um, he actually hangs out back there. <laughs> You'll see him <laughs> ashes hanging out. Kind of freaks people out. But, um, we're very, very close. And, um, I come, my background is from Puerto Rico. So I moved here when I was eight years old. So my parents are very conservative and I come from a very conservative family. 
Uh, my dad's a little crazy, but still conservative. And I just didn't know. I feel like my feelings were different. I'm like, I, they expected so much of me. I wasn't married. I had been married, but I was divorced. I had a daughter. I had been in a relationship for a long time. Um, I graduated 2017. So it was all in 2016. It's like so much was going on. And I feel like no one could understand me. And I had all these expectations from society telling me where to be. And I'm like, I don't want to get married again. I don't want to have any more kids. I don't want to be a housewife. Like, why is this all so wrong? And I don't want to be an accountant anymore. I'm tired of this shit. Yes, I just graduated. I have $60,000 in loans. I've been an accountant now for six years. And I don't want to do it. And at 30, they tell you, you should have your white picket fans, your husband, your kids. Everything should be perfect, but it's not. And that's just an unrealistic expectation about where you should be. So I started it like, shit, I'm 30 now, what? And um, within eight months of my podcast starting, well, a year and some change after I started a blog, then started as a podcast, I quit my corporate job and went full-time into podcasting and then started uh, ventures of multiple businesses. Oh, nice, nice. So it's just those expectations about where you should be. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, After your divorce, did you start dating? Right oh, yeah, I had a boyfriend ever since I was 17. I ain't getting no break. <laughs> I am a serial <laughs> dater, okay? There is no break for me. I love love, and I'm going to have me a boyfriend. Um, I got pregnant very young. My daughter turns 15 tomorrow. Oh, Actually, we congratulations. I don't know if that's really congratulations, but thank you. Okay. <laughs> Kept her alive, you know? Actually, yes, congratulations. She's still alive. Yes. Um, so I had her very young, and I was married for her about seven years, eight years. I was officially like separated by the time I was 25 and I didn't get divorced until 2017. Uh, but yes, I dated, I've been dating. I, I, I'm a long-term relationship type gal. So, so you've like, never done dating. online dating. So, um, I did have one experience and it was really bad. <laughs> this last relationship was six years that I was in before my boyfriend now. I was in there for six years, and I finally I was like, this is not for me. I had to let it go. So within three weeks or four weeks, I'm like, I need to start dating because what's up? I'm going to see what's out there. So I went on Hinge, and I liked Hinge because it has the questions, and it's not like that typical online dating type, like have a profile. It's just cool questions, and I'm a quirky girl. So I liked it, and I saw this guy. Should have known. I know you're like skin sir, but I should have known by then. I, didn't, I, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, the light skin guy. Let me give him a chance. Cause I've been out here with, you know, my type. Let me try something new. So I tried it. We talked for a couple of days. He was cool. He's like, oh, let's meet up. And I'm like, all right. So we went to like a gaming place. It was called Andretti. So it's kind of like a Demon Busters. Yeah. And we got into an argument from the beginning because I was recording and I was recording with Justin Gatlin. So I was like, I got, I'm, this is a big thing for me. So yeah. when I get done, I get done. That's when I'm meeting the fucking date. So he had been like calling me. my phone. Some do not disturb. So of course I'm not getting the phone calls. And he felt some type of way about that. Like, Oh, I've been calling you. Okay. Bitch. So what I'm doing something. And then he had a slight attitude and don't get you a slight attitude with me. Cause you're going to get a whole attitude from me. I'm like, Oh, you're the one who has the biggest balls here. So I was already annoyed by them, but I'm like, let me still go. Then I get there and the bitch is a fucking midget. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I swear on everything. He was not taller than like five, four. (laughs) And how tall are you? Five, three. I'm five, five. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, We looked him up. He's a professional golfer, but my dumbass didn't look him up. 
And by professional, I use that term very loosely. Um, <laughs> but he plays golf and apparently makes a living off of it. Come to find out, he had a car and it blew up on fire and some things blew up there. So they made a GoFundMe account. He's telling me it's like, it's funny how he made all these thousands of dollars of a GoFundMe because oh, I'm like, why, why did you need a GoFundMe? You're a professional golfer. Like, oh, yeah. because my clothes were destroyed. What clothes? I think he was living out of his car. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's like, yeah, I was trying to go back and get some clothes. I'm like, during a fire, you're trying to get stuff out the car. Okay, buddy. So then um, he, it was just a lot of discrepancies or things that we did not agree on. And I was just over it. And I was like, well, I got to go, little guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> talk to you never. And I deleted the app and never online dated again. It was, no, it wasn't. Okay. okay. And you said you've been with your boyfriend this whole time during quarantine. How's that been going? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I You got to like your partner to be quarantined with them. Yeah. And I mean, like, like, not you love them. The sex is good. No, fuck sex and fuck love. You got to <laughs> like them. And I think um, one of the things about our relationship is that we were friends first. Mm-hmm. So when I tried to have a hoe phase, which lasted about three weeks, that's for another story. Um, he was actually part of the rotation. Uh, he was there <laughs> through it all. You know, he knew when I was talking to other guys before, when we were just friends, but nothing had happened. I remember I got flued out, right? Grown as hell. I'm like, <laughs> getting fluid out i'm going out here i'm going to la i'm going to chicago with this guy and he's like all right just be careful like if you really don't want to do nothing just call me like tell me if you're okay like that's the type of friends we were so i knew who he was he knew who i was um and everything was just insane he's like this is not you and i'm like well i'm trying it anyway because fuck love and i'm just gonna be a whore and it didn't work out that way but i say that to say that since we were friends already and we really got along it's helped us during quarantine because we do fun things we go on walks we play board games Mm -hmm. we've been gardening not my favorite he makes me go out there and like (laughs) (laughs) there's bugs and i don't like it but i gotta go like oh disgusting um, but so yeah, we're gardening. He's like building shit. We both love to eat. So we like eat and watch movies. So we've had a really good time. It, we built a whole fucking business during quarantine. That's doing amazing. I mean, we started beforehand, but like, that's the boating one, the boat. Yes. Sky yes. Blue Reynolds. <laughs> so the boat has been rented like crazy, but it's also put the stress on us of not only are we quarantining together all the time, he has his stuff that he has to do. So he's also a podcaster. So I have to share my studio with him and he has to record. He has to record. I work out of this office, not only for the podcast, but for my academy, which I'm extremely busy with. Add on to that, the boat. So it's just like a lot of business and money and how to deal with that together as well. So, you know, when they say don't mix like friends, friendship and business, like relationships and business are really hard too. Yeah. So we, we we had like a little blow up this past, like for the past, like maybe three days. And yesterday we sat down and we we're like, we need to like get back to where we were because we, we were going at it. And we know it's because of all of it. Like yeah. it's just all the cops are fucking with us. They're like black folks with a boating thing in a white area. It's just like, hell no. And the white people are complaining. So we're dealing with that as well. But finally we had like, we talked and we knew what it was, but you have to be very conscious and take those steps. Like we took yesterday. It's like, it's been three days where we haven't even like talked to each other. It's all been like business, the phone. Did you do this? Did you do that? How much money is here? How much money is there? And I'm just like, can we slow down and be us for a second? But outside of that, quarantining has been like, it's been fun. Okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. Are y'all getting like space from each other at some time? 
Where those like, mushy, corny motherfuckers that are like, always <laughs> on top of each other. So, I mean, it's only been a year, so I don't know how, how long that'll last, but we're really corny and we love to be on top of each other. So, but he does. He's out working on the boat or he's out on the yard while I'm in the kitchen. So, I'm in Florida, so we're not stuck in an apartment. So, there is a backyard, there's a front yard. Like, he's, he's at Home Depot half the fucking day sometimes. And I'm like, Are you a Home Depot? Are you fucking a bitch? Like, what is it? But then I go to Home Depot with him and they're like, Hey, Wax, what's up? Yeah. And I'm like, Why do they all know you in here? He's like, I told you I'm here all the time. <laughs> so, we get that kind of time apart. And, and that's a blessing because I know that people are in certain states and cities where you're stuck in a one bedroom apartment yeah. and that's going to drive you nuts. You can't walk outside. You have to like, we don't wear masks out here. We don't have to, we're home. There's nobody around us. And you go to Walmart, you go to Walgreens. There's nobody there either. You just walk in and rock, right, walk right back out. So yeah, it's nothing like that up here. There's tons of people at Walmart and at the grocery stores. The everywhere. lines are ridiculous. <laughs> oh, we don't have lines for mm-hmm. anything. That's crazy. Like even TJ Maxx and all those open and I went and they had a, like a number thing of there wasn't even enough people in there to like hold the line. Mm-hmm. That's why so many see someone not wearing a mask here. Everyone's concerned about it and looking at them all crazy. That's <laughs> funny because we had some friends come from New York for the night to go on the boat. We went on the boat at night and he was telling us that he's like, we got here for a weekend to get away and we we're like gloves, masks and we're walking around and no one's wearing them. We're like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And we're like, yeah, it's not like that. Like at all. You can find wipes like at the store. You can like, we have all of that. That is crazy. You can't find anything. Like everything is going inside the stores. No, no, it's nothing like that in Florida. So when people up north see like, oh my God, they're opening up. They're fucking crazy. And no, it's because it's a little different down here. All right. That give me a more, a better, a better perspective of everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, we're spread apart. Like here, it's just, you, you're, we're not on top of each other. Like we, people are in other cities. Yeah, because one of my friends on Instagram just went to Florida. I'm like, why is she going to Florida right now and everything's going on? But mm-hmm. now listening to you, <laughs> change my yeah, perspective a little bit. I'm going to South Florida Tuesday because my daughter's birthday is coming out. So we're going to spend some time with her down there. And, and it's just, I'm not worried about it at all. We're, but we're about to help. We hit hurricane season. It starts in two days, June 1st. So we already started the rain. We're fine. People stay inside when it's raining. It's not too much partying. Yeah. I need and to get out of the house. I need to go on vacation like ASAP. Like. My friend just got here uh, today. So she'll be here Monday. Okay. Like, they're all coming down here from New York. But I'm just like, I'm taking your temperature. Yeah. You <laughs> like, fuck that. I'm taking your fucking temperature or you're going back home. Lice all their clothes and everything. Everything. <laughs> Wash it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but the Academy, what was the, what's the Academy you're speaking of? So it's Idea to Launch Academy. When you were saying, you, how long have you had your podcast? Two years now, I want to say. Two years? I want to say that we started our podcast like right around, right around the same time. Okay. So when I started my podcast, I, I've been an avid podcast listener my entire life. I have been, I grew up in a very business household. So I've been doing dealing business. I have a business degree and all this. So I wanted to do it the right way. And by the right way, I mean, it's like, how can I reach the most amount of people? So I'm doing all of this. And so I'm looking for consulting, somebody to consult with, um, somewhere I can go to teach me the best ways to do it. And Google was great, but I spent a lot of money Googling 
how to start a podcast from mm-hmm. microphones to mixers to oh. uh, audio interfaces to what recording system I should use to how to market. Oh, use sponsored posts. Use it. And I'm like, this is so overwhelming. But thank goodness at that time I had a really good career and, and job and a salary that I could afford all of this. But I spent thousands of dollars. So I ended up having to teach myself from all those errors. I taught myself how to, you know, get my numbers higher, how to expand my reach of people, how to niche my content. So I decided to create a course on it two years later. And I tested a strategy. I'm like, can I launch a podcast in 30 days? I think it should be very doable. So I started testing for about a year, my, basically my, my blueprint on how to launch a podcast in 30 days. So I was doing one-on-one consultations and launching for people within 30 days, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing these consults and getting it done. And after that's done, I opened up my academy and started doing it as a course. And now people come to me and I teach you from literally from an idea, if you're not really sure how to niche, niche it down, from the idea to the name, to the artwork, to literally the recording, editing, and launch. Also what happened then was that I started finding a lot of agencies that'll do it for you. So it's like $1,000, we do it all for you. And that sounds good, but what happens when shit goes wrong? You've been podcasting. How many times have you lost audio? Something's not working. You want to get something edited, but you're sick or whoever's editing it for you is sick. So if you don't know how to do it, why would you outsource? And that to me is business one-on-one. And that Mm -hmm. is where my business savvy comes into it. I don't outsource anything I don't know how to do myself because how can I train you to do something? And then it's like, I'm at your mercy of whatever you want to charge me or whatever you say. Just like when you go to a mechanic and they tell you you need all this shit done, that you really don't. They just loosen up a bolt, I'm sure, a nut or whatever the fuck is called. (laughs) But I'm going to have to pay them whatever they say. So I teach you for a very affordable price because it it wasn't there for me how to do it. And I do focus also on people of color. So podcasting space is not new. It's been around for a very long time. It's just been around for non-melanated people, I would say, in a bigger scale. So now for us, I, I, I mean, I teach everybody in every race. The thing is that I focus on people of color because we don't have anyone to go to that look like us, they speak like us, and that understand us. Than our struggle. So some yeah. white people, a white person struggles not the same as our struggle at the end of the day. And I don't treat podcasts as a trend. I treat podcasts as an entrepreneurship opportunity for yeah. yourself. So we're all experts at something. We can all get something. They're like, what are you good at? Is it a teacher? Right now, teachers are out of work. They're not getting paid as much. So start a podcast about teaching. Maybe you can create a course. You can talk about it through your podcast. There's so many ways to make money through a business and you can use a podcast to reach a bigger community. So I have a passion for business. I have a passion for teaching and I do it through podcasting. Okay. I can definitely see your passion. You yes. yes. tell me that all the time and I'm like, I really am. I'm so passionate about it because I've seen the results. Like I'm not by any, like some people are like, Oh my God, you're like, so, but you're Insta famous. First of all, I had a thousand people following me. And if I got like 10 likes, I was like, Beyonce, watch out now. Kim, <laughs> my sponsored post is coming. You know, like I thought I was so cool with 20 likes or whatever. I didn't have a social media presence yeah. at all. So I'm passionate about it because my podcast still to this day is not a top 1% podcast. I don't, I average about five, 6,000 downloads a podcast. And with that, I still sometimes make, or a lot of times I'm averaging my income is that of a one, a top 1% podcast on certain months. I'm living and I was living off of podcasting before my Academy. I had my ads, you know, you can curate this, this community of people that really fuck with you. 
and really believe in what you do. And if you're not just fluff and you're speaking about something that you're an expert of, now I am an expert at podcasting and I've placed myself in there. And now I'm behind the scenes of some of your favorite podcasts. Who do they consult with? Me. But I made myself an expert at that. So if you're an expert in teaching math or if you're an expert in mechanics or if you're an expert in chickens like my boyfriend is, he can teach anybody how to <laughs> He owns a chicken farm. You know? yeah. He got a chicken farm. He has now a boat. Now he built this boat. He can teach somebody else how to build a boat. Yeah. Literally. We can teach now someone how to start a pontoon boat rental business. And I can create a whole course on it and sell it. Why? Because I'm doing it. I did it. You can see my mistakes instead of learning them yourself. So that's how, that's how I like to look at podcasting instead of like, oh my God, it's a b- bunch of listens, but no one purchases from you. Yeah. My audience purchases from me. If I tell them, hey, this is what it is and I really love this, they're there buying. And my affiliate, my affiliates are like, whoa, like you, sometimes your code gets used way more than this one that gets way more downloads. And I'm like, oh, I know, which is why I expect more money from you. Mm-hmm. So I leverage my podcast for a lot of paid gigs. Okay. Nice, nice. You definitely inspired me. <laughs> you definitely did. I got like a bunch of ideas going around in my head right now. Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you for coming on and rescheduling yeah. with me and everything. <laughs> um, but um, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, you have any questions for me or anything? Thanks for having me. I'm sorry? Any questions for us or anything? No, I, lo- huh? I love coming on different platforms and speaking about what the hell I got going on. You know, I'm <laughs> like, let me check my schedule. Now, it's kind of weird for me to be like, let me check my schedule because I never thought I'd be this busy yeah. without a job. We're like so, it, we're trained to think that we need these five, nine to fives. Don't get me wrong. I love nine to fives. I have, I, you know, I'm working with people now that work with me and um, I'll never say work for me because I think that's stupid. It's more like yeah. they work with me and they help me grow and I help them grow. Um, but we can use, you can leverage your nine to five big time. I leveraged mine to get to where I'm at. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> and enjoy the rest of the quarantine and tell your daughter her birthday. Ah, thank and, you. Ha- and happy anniversary. <laughs> thank you. Let's hope. Hopefully we'll make it. It's two more days. Two more days. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> thank you.